Hello, uh, I'm Guillermina Gonzalez, your host for today. This is Delaware State of the Arts radio show. We have a very international radio program today and uh, a filmmaker, Paul Festa from Berlin. Paul, welcome to the pro program. Thank you for having me. Uh, and always a close friend of this program, Tina Betts. Uh, she is the executive director of the Light Up the Queen Foundation. Good Both to be here. It's always nice to have you and love your voice. It sounds so sexy. <laughs> so welcome to both of you. And in this occasion, um, it's not only international, but related to films, related to music, and related to a collaboration that is bringing together uh, the Light of the Queen Foundation and Paul Festa, a known uh, filmmaker. So I'm going to ask Tina to explain how this beautiful collaboration came into being. Well, the Light of the Queen Foundation um, is committed to reviving the historic Queen mm -hmm. Theater. And the first phase of that, of course, was the renovation of the theater. Beautiful um, location, Beautiful by the location. Way. It was a theater that, sent, uh, that sat empty for 50-plus years. I mean, it had a, a couple of different lives in mm -hmm. the past. Um, so after 50 years, um, a group of people got together and decided, you know, we are going to bring uh, the, the queen, queen back, back. back to life. And we did mm -hmm. open on April 1st, 2011. And our ongoing mission is to be a catalyst for community mm -hmm. engagement through the arts, mm -hmm. uh, multidisciplinary arts. So the on-screen in-person film series mm -hmm. um, that the Light of the Queen Foundation, the Mid-Atlantic Arts Foundation, mm -hmm. and Paul Festa and other filmmakers are uh, engaged in mm -hmm. is part of that um, effort to revive our downtown Wilmington. And uh, thought-provoking uh, couple of films, Paul, that you are sharing in this occasion. And I'm going to go with you, first of all, uh, thanking you again for calling from Berlin. It's uh, always a difficult time, but certainly Berlin is a beautiful city, so good for you. Yes, I love being here. And, uh, well, tell us about you, your co your, not only the collaboration, but essentially let's start with you as an artist, because you began in one place and now you are becoming a, a full-time, sort of speak, a filmmaker, but you essentially began in music. So you want to share with the public who Paul Festa is? Yes, I'm a, I'm, I'm a very confused artist. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to be when I grow up. There you and, go. <laughs> um, and that's very much what the, film, what the experimental documentary Tie It Into My Hand is about. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, I, I, I was classically trained as a violinist. I went to the Juilliard School, and I had a hand injury, a repetitive strain injury that's related to sort of like carpal tunnel syndrome, which is mm -hmm. fairly common. And um, although mine was a little bit different. And the thing is that when you're in a conservatory atmosphere, any kind of formal education, the structure there is, is challenging mm -hmm. and it's also structuring. You know, it's, it's also it's, it's, it's dividing the hours of your day and it's, it's giving you a trajectory towards success. And, you know, there are all kinds of things about it that are really nurturing. And then when you're done with your education, you know, you, if you're striking out independently as an artist, uh, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. And after about 20 years of being on my own, I turned 40. <laughs> and there, and there's, you know, I wouldn't want to call it a midlife crisis, but there was a definitely some a need kind of a of change. There you go. Yeah. Some kind of crisis where I'm figuring out, 
I've done this much with violin. I still play quite a lot. The injury mm-hmm. doesn't keep me from playing. It just keeps me from playing, you know, a five-hour rehearsal at the symphony orchestra. Like, that I could not do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, I still play a lot of fiddle. I've been working on a novel for the last 12 years. I've got these, you know, these films which have done really, really well, and I've actually received more recognition than any of the other things that I do. Mm-hmm. But there really isn't enough money to live on, and I don't know where this is going, and everyone is telling me to just ditch two of the things and focus on one if I ever want to have a career. Mm-hmm. And I realize that, you know, I'm, I mean, where is all of the advice and where is the guidance coming from when you're outside of the structure of your own education? Mm-hmm. So what tied into my hand is, was essentially at 40, going back to school. I created my own faculty and I said, Mm -hmm. I am going to find out what it means to be an artist and how you do it Mm -hmm. and how other people have done it. And I'm going to learn from a self-selected group of people, Mm -hmm. meaning that I select them, but they also have to be willing to do this crazy stunt that I asked them to do, which is that I asked each of these people, which is now up to like 140 people, mm-hmm. I asked each of them to teach me a violin lesson on the Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto, and that would be the format of our interview. And none of them are violinists. <laughs> it's people like Margaret Cho, the comedian, and Harold Bloom, the literary critic, and mm-hmm. Alan Cumming and Mink Stoll, who are actors, and Peter Coyote, like really wonderful, accomplished, successful, mm-hmm. brilliant, in some case, genius artists. Mm-hmm. But they don't know how to play the violin. And that was the format of the interview. So when I say self-selecting, it's like the person who's willing to make themselves that vulnerable in front of somebody's camera who they may or may not know very well. Like that is a really gutsy person. And so the, the cast is a really, really wonderful group of people who are teaching me something that they don't know, but they are using their expertise and their techniques. The techniques of an actor turn out to be actually really effective for any kind of musician who is trying to manifest an emotion on stage, um, mm-hmm. trying to share something that's deeply personal. So that the violin lessons that I got with Peter Coyote and, mm-hmm. the, and the other actors are amazing. They're, they're, they're so, as valuable other, to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to understand, and, and Tina and I are kind of laughing, but also mesmerized for the, for the concept. Well, this, is, this is like... The, I've had an opportunity to see the film. Okay. And um, the concept is mesmerizing, Uh as is the film. Uh I mean, you start watching it and you can't stop watching it when you, when you, once you, once you, uh, you know, once you push the play button. Uh Um, So we are really excited to bring this type of film to Wilmington because it is very different. The format is different. The concept is, you know, intriguing, mesmerizing, um, creative. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic film. It's it's a type of film that, quite honestly, Paul, that I've never seen before. And we're really lucky also because, in addition to tied into my hand, um, we will also be showing one of your short films, The Glitter Emergency. Yes, there you go. Thank you for bringing that up. And what can you tell us about that one in particular, Paul? Well, the glitter emergency. Um, there are two things that I think are, are interesting about the glitter emergency. The first is that um, I grew up in San Francisco at a really wonderful time in the 1970s. There was all this interest in, in a sort of a 1920s revival. Mm-hmm. There, was a, there was a commune where everybody dressed in 1920s fashions. And we saw these people pull up to the Avenue Theater out in San Bruno Avenue 
in, you know, decked out in furs and all this beautiful deco clothing. And, um, and they would get out of their 1920s car and go into this 1920s theater and watch a movie from 1919. Mm-hmm. And then there was this guy named Bob Vaughn, who was an organist, who was in his late 70s when I was a kid. And he had accompanied these films when they were, for, when they were first run in the theater. He was, he, origi- he was, he, I mean, it was an original instrument. It was a Wurlitzer organ that came from the period. And here was this guy who had, it, who had originally accompanied these films when they were in the, in the theater, and he was still doing it, or he was doing it again here uh, in the 1970s when I was a kid. So I had this amazing exposure and education in silent film, and that's what The Glitter Emergency is. It's a silent film comedy. It's shot in the old style, mm-hmm. and it is, and, and I also, because I'm a violinist, I incorporated that element of it, the live musical accompaniment. So the really fun thing about The Glitter Emergency, it, it can screen with canned music. But it's more fun, and most of the public screenings have been with me accompanying the film live. So I'm playing the violin in the in the piece. It's set to the second half mm-hmm. of the Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto, mm-hmm. but I'm also in front of the screen, syncing up with my character on screen. Which, for I mean, just on a technical level, that was really interesting, fun work to do because to do the silent film style, we sped everything up by a hundred percent. Everything is twice speed. So we had to do all of our, all of the musical actions, all of the bowing and fingering and everything had to be at, at 50% speed. Mm-hmm. And then you see these two things, this really jittery kind of, you know, of silent film style motion going on on mm-hmm. screen and syncing up with someone who's actually playing the instrument. I, I, I can't watch that myself because I'm actually doing it, but people say it's almost surreal, the effect that you get from that. Thanks for, for describing what I felt yesterday, looking at both of them, particularly this one. It was like going back to the 20s somehow, knowing that this is a very recent movie, But, but the sensation and, and, and what you are looking at is, is ambivalent. And what Paul, what Paul didn't mention is that the, the, uh, the central character uh-huh. is a peg-legged ballerina. Thank you, yes. yes. Peg-legged <laughs> and so, peg-legged ballerina. Right. So explain that to us. What, what, what is that? <laughs> well, that was the second thing that I was going to say that I thought was interesting about this film, which is that, you know, tied into my hand is this, is this, sort of um, oblique, autobi- obliquely autobiographical film, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm telling my story of how I am trying to be an artist and I have this injury and I'm struggling and yet I don't appear in the film. Like the film is, is headshots of these people <laughs> teaching me the lesson and it's their experiences and their responses to me that winds up, as I said, obliquely telling that story. So in, in, the, in the Glitter Emergency, it's sort of the same thing. Peggy the peg-like ballerina is a drag queen. She's obviously got this fake piece of wood on her leg. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's a farce. Um, but it is also a very personal autobiographical statement because, of course, there's an artist with a physical disability, uh-huh. and she's being driven through this, this landscape of um, kind of magical or supernatural intervention. Um, in order to drive her back to the stage and to fulfill her destiny on the stage, because it winds up being as much about her own fear right. um, of success and her own fear of exposure and her own fear of artistic expression um, as it is about her physical disability. Beautifully said. Let me re-engage with the audience, Paul. We need to continue talking about that. And, and Tina and I are just having a blast here listening to what you, how you explain each one of the movies. In any event, Uh, let me tell the audience that you're listening to 
Delaware State of the Art Radio Show, News Talk, 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. We have today with us Paul Festa, filmmaker from Berlin, busy life, and he was very gracious in giving us some time today. And of course, a close friend of uh, the Delaware State of the Art Radio Show, Tina Betts. Uh, she is currently the executive director of Light Up the Queen Foundation. Tina, always a pleasure. And Paul, I'm just having a blast listening to you and how you describe your films. So personal, yet so approachable. Well, one of the things that I took away from both of the films, Paul, um, was that this is they both speak very well to the artist experience. I mean, they're, you know, they're... Their, the fears and the, the challenges that many artists face when pursuing their artistic career, I think they're very well displayed in both of these films. And one, one, of, the exciting, um, one of the exciting components of the on-screen in-person film mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. is that we form community partnerships. Right. And for this particular film, we're in conversation with the First State Ballet Theater. Oh, there you go. And we're looking to do a very special performance, mm-hmm. free film. Mm-hmm. And I did wanted to mention to the audience that um, we screen these films um, at World Cafe Live at the Queen. Mm-hmm. And it's a pay-what-you-can admission. Um, so there is really no admission. But if you want to put something in a pot, it supports mm-hmm. the Light Up the Queen Foundation. Um, but we're really excited about the possibilities that we're talking through with First State Ballet mm-hmm. Theater to pair the theater with Paul and his uh, and his films. And it sounds so lovely. And, and let me go back to the fears that both of you are artists. And, and Tina is doing, this is the, her executive director position, but bottom line, she's an artist. She's a beautiful singer, by the way. Thank you. Oh, wonderful. And um, the, the thing to do is... Um, Relate or tell me, Paul, how you relate to Tina as an artist in, 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 in the way of exposing yourself as such in these films. Well, I, um, Tina and I haven't actually met yet. I'm, since I'm in Berlin and this thing was put, set to get, put together by the Mid-Atlantic Arts Foundation. That's, but clearly that's the connection is there. I know you haven't met, but, but clearly the connection is there. So tell us how you both relate to these kind of films in the sense of exposing as an artist. The, the, the potential failure, sort of speak. Yeah, that that potential failure is always out. It's always out there. I mean, even um, when you're, you know, when you're performing, just walking out on mm-hmm. stage, it's something that you have to leave in the wings. However, mm-hmm. um, from my point of view, I think once you walk out on the stage, whether that's you know performing um, in a theater or your um, visual artwork mm-hmm. in in a in a museum setting that is also like taking that first step right. onto the stage onto the public stage where your art so is you forget about that you, just you just have to you have to leave it in the wings and um and just um focus on um the internal part of your of your artistic uh, or your, of your artistic it's it's i think you have to kind of close out what you're hearing and just do the and best just you do can. just you know take it there how does it happen to you paul because you are a musician by training, yeah. and then you're a filmmaker. How does that yeah. connect to you? So it connects to you on, 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 is the double whammy right there? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the wonderful thing, I, I, sometimes, I sometimes think, you know, 
I went into this film to get a musical education, but I went to the Juilliard School to get an, a film education, which is, I mean, it's just so backward, but that's kind of the way it happened. Um, Albert Fuller was this amazing mentor that I had. He was a harpsichord virtuoso, mm-hmm. and he and I had a habit of, after coaching, staying up very late. He lived in a beautiful apartment on the west side of Manhattan where Bob Fosse shot the movie All That Jazz. Mm-hmm. So there are famous scenes on the staircase. I mean, that was Albert's apartment. He had a concert series in there, and he coached us in there. And the real education came sort of after the coaching when we would sit and late into the night listening to music, and he would narrate what was going on in his imagination. So there's a, there's a sense in which, you know, just the, the kind of camaraderie um, mm-hmm. of sharing that kind of experience with another artist and getting that kind of, um, that kind of visual um, and dramatic um, uh, correspondence between music and the other art forms is really, you know, when I say, well, how, how is it that I've made all these films? I've made three films that are all integrally about music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's where it comes. That's the relationship. That's what's so you connect that naturally. The there you go. And before we forget, we need to ask Tina, when are they going to be able to watch these magnificent films that I'm just looking forward to being able to go there in any event? When, Tina? Paul's films will be screened on April 15th. And again, that's tied into um, my hand and the glitter emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, April 15th, just a couple of months away. And information and a trailer can be found on the Light of the Queen website, mm-hmm. lightofthequeen.org. Um, there's, there's a lot of information about Paul's film and also the film that we're showing in March. Paul is the final film okay. in our six-film series. So it, this, is, this is a series, and, and yes. it's going to come back. Uh, yes, we're, we're looking to bring it back next year. This is uh, Paul's film will end our 2014-2015 okay. um, series. And then um, we're looking to come back in September or October of next year for the 2015-2016 on-screen in-person Fantastic. Series. We need to get back to Paul. But uh, so for those interested in looking at the many things, I was really well impressed, in, I have to say, by both the communications and, and the website. In any event, There's a lot more to it when it comes to the foundation. Yes. On Screen in Person is one of several innovative and exciting arts awareness programs that we're doing. Fantastic. So keep up with the Queen. Yes. Lightupthequeen.org. Fantastic. Going back to Paul. Paul, what's what's next for you? I mean, you, you have this prolific uh, filmmaker career. And so how do you see moving forward as an artist slash filmmaker? Well, um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I've been working on a novel for 12 years. I am trying to finish the novel. Okay. <laughs> so I have, I have a, um, an opportunity to be at a beautiful artist colony in the United States called Yaddo mm-hmm. for six weeks in the spring. And that's what I'll be doing after the, after being on the mid Atlantic tour and being at light up the queen. Um, and you know, in Berlin, we're right in the middle of the Berlinale, which is the big Berlin film festival. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and there is a character from tie it into my hand who I've built a video performance installation out of, um, and essentially what happens is that I've taken that interview from tied into my hand. I've zoomed in a thousand percent on the subject's mouth. 
I've put that movie on my iPhone and strapped it to my face and put on a lot of crazy makeup. And then I have in my bra, I have two little speakers that give her dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, give her her monologue, essentially. And so I walk around as this sort of embodied uh, person. I mean, this mm -hmm. embodied interview. It's sort of a cross between performance and documentary. Mm -hmm. And so I've been crashing parties at the Berlinale with this program, with, with this piece, which I call Night of a Thousand Agnesis. Well, I, you know, I sincerely hope that you enter that piece into <laughs> next year's on screen in person. We would love to see that. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's a lot of fun. If you go to if you go to paulfesta.com, you'll see a link to uh, to Agnes, and uh, you, you know, I just made a ten minute movie sort of showing what this is, and and or tie okay. it into myhand.com actually has it right on the front door. Fantastic. So, what brought you yeah. to La Berlin, Berlinale? Uh, is there something you want to accomplish in there? Well, I'm hoping that film festivals will screen this, will will program this installation that will that because this is a, this is the kind of thing that that exists. It doesn't it doesn't take up a spot in the film festival. It's not right. like something that people sit in their chairs and watch. It's mm -hmm. something they interact with. It's mm -hmm. something that's in the lobby. It's at the ticket line. It's at the mm -hmm. you know whatever. Like it's it, it's a presence at the festival as opposed to being some, sure. you know a, something that you have to schedule yourself to see. And um, and it's completely commando, renegade, guerrilla warfare out there with me doing it at the Berlinale. Um, but I'm hoping that other festival uh, festival organizers who are here will see this and say, oh, let's bring that to Toronto or let's bring that to Mumbai or wherever. Sundance. Sundance, and, right? the, and the many other different, uh, not the typical locations for these kind of films, thought-provoking films. Yeah, I would love it if Sundance this <laughs> well there you go maybe maybe something is going to happen based on this conversation you never know hopefully Paul. they're listening <laughs> yes yes please we only have good programs here intelligent and fantastic people with great novel ideas and good friends like tina betts that allowed us to make the connection with a fantastic filmmaker that seems to have creativity like a top-notch uh moment right now well, Paul, I just so can't—I just can't wait to meet you in person in April. I've seen your work, and I've heard your voice, and of course, our multiple emails. And I just can't wait to to meet you face to face. To that to that extent, and with the few seconds that we have left, we need to make promise both Paul and Tina that you're going to come back to relate to the many experiences that I'm sure you're going to have together, and the many plans that are coming up. Certainly, for the time being, uh, thank you to both of you for fantastic, uh, fantastic program. Thank you, Kermina. Our pleasure. I thank you. I've enjoyed this so much. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.